T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sue here. It's Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Short with you. Reminder, in the 1 o'clock hour today, everything pushed back a little bit. So the Chiefs are going to have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes press conferences today. So we'll carry that live right around 125 or so right here on your official broadcast partner for the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Also, Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network. You always hear him on Fesco in the morning as well. Uh, he's going to join us coming up at 1230. Uh, before we get to something that could happen for college basketball, and I think is is even more relevant right now because of how all three local schools are performing, very high low, all three, including K State. Sure, seems like Missouri and K State got some good hires this offseason. Yeah. This is competitive basketball across the board. Jerome Tang with the Wildcats last night. They put up an NBA type score last night between K State and Texas, and then we all know Missouri's big win against Kentucky the other day. They got a huge game tonight. Uh, taken on Arkansas, as a matter of fact. So we'll get to a change maybe that can impact all three local schools in just a couple of minutes. But on the NFL side of things, for this postseason, it is the first year that we're going to see what potentially could be the quarterback path for what? The next decade? We all knew Allen and Mahomes, and we, after last year, said, okay, Burrow. New Burrow. Okay, all right. You thought maybe at one point this season, Tua was going to be factoring in. If he maybe bought into that or not, we all know that that is not the case, uh, first and foremost because of his health right now and then even some of his own ability. Uh, he's not going to play, and the Dolphins may not even make the postseason. But suddenly, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags are favored by six points against Tennessee. Why is that significant? Uh, they win. They're in the playoffs. They win the division. They host a playoff game, which means it's not just Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Burrow. Add Trevor Lawrence, who, let's not forget, just two years ago was the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. And in just year one with Doug Peterson, after they got rid of maybe the single worst head coach in NFL history, they're in the playoffs. Like, I don't think that's insignificant. I understand that they've got some problems team-wise, and they are not perfect. And part of the reason they can win the division this year is because Tennessee has finally fallen off the map. But think about every year going forward. For the next decade, you can pretty safely assume that five of the playoff spots are most likely going to Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, and Lawrence. Because as it sits right now. Yeah, I guess now, I didn't even mention Herbert. I apologize. I didn't even mention Justin Herbert. Yeah, who is also locked Sorry, in I to forgot. be in the Normally postseason. they're not the in the first... postseason. That's my no, fault. But yeah. he's getting ready to be. That is not a fun grouping to get through. I think a lot of it is last year we knew it, and this year we're like, boy, it's going to be a tough path, right? Because you realize how good Cincinnati and Buffalo are this year, how good Kansas City has been this year, and you're like, Man, that's a tough trio at the top of any conference in any given year. The three best teams in the NFL are all in the AFC, I think. I know that Philadelphia deserves part of that conversation, and they are one of the better teams in the NFL. I just think they're third or fourth, fine, if you want to say they're better than Cincinnati. But three of the best four, if you want to put it that way, are in the AFC right now. And the booby prize of that is still having to face Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence, two teams that are playing good. And like with the Chargers in particular – they're playing good defense too, which yeah. is kind of scary. Like these are not teams you want to face. This is where the one and the two are going to be vital because it feels like if you're Cincinnati, you end up at the three, you're going to end up in a game. You can lose. Like I don't like Buffalo. They play whoever is in the seven. They're not losing that game. Kansas city. If they're the two, the seven, they're not losing that game. But if you end up in the three, four, five spot over the next few years, those feel like coin flip games kind of going forward. Don't they? It's, 
Yes and no. I mean, we, we just know the NFL, the reason why it's so great, it's unpredictable. You know, we, th- we think we have this figured out. And I, I think I the NFC is. That's I, where I think, all the NFL unpredictable, uh, unpredictability lies right now. Right, and I think it's probably, it is pretty fair to say that these, for the m- most part, will be the quarterbacks. But the NFL is unpredictable. You know, there's in, you know, any given year, there's injuries that can factor in. We all thought, you know, up until six weeks ago that the Dolphins might be the number two seed in football, and now they might not make the postseason. They had so, major injuries, So yeah. things, things change quickly. But, yes, I agree with you at the very least with four guys or so of that. Yeah, like... Yeah, they're not going to all like, get hurt in one like year. Justin Herbert's just now making his first postseason. I don't think I can automatically assume that every year for the next 10 years that Justin Herbert's in the postseason just because he's still going to be in that same division as Mahomes. Whereas Trevor Lawrence, if you believe they're headed in the right direction, and they are, that division... I mean, the Texans have the number one overall pick. The Colts don't have a quarterback. The Titans don't have a quarterback either, as far as I'm concerned, even though I like their head coach. Malik Willis is not that guy. Josh Dobbs looks better than Malik Willis. Yeah, he does. Like Josh Dobbs gives him a better chance to win against the Jags on Sunday than Malik Willis does. Which is why the Jaguars feel poised to kind of hold down that division for a bit. So I buy in the, the same I, way Tennessee yeah. used to. Nobody else is good. So in a weird way, I, I, I buy into Trevor Lawrence appearing like out of the next five years. You think there's you take more playoff appearances for Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert? If, if he makes it this year, he's got it. You know, if he if he beats Tennessee, I actually think there's a chance that that's the case. Yes, because of the division, the division you're in. You, you you have an easier path there, whereas the Chargers, it's always going to be tough to win that division in the AFC West, and then that means you're going to potentially, you know, right now you're getting swept by the Chiefs, or you're at bare minimum, you're splitting every year against the Chiefs. This year you got swept. So I think that's the challenge, whereas you pointed out on the NFC side, it's kind of funny how we fast forward to now the first week of January. There is the possibility, once again, that Brady and Rodgers are both in the NFC playoffs. For a while, it looked like both maybe not going to make it, both Brady, can, Brady's in, and now the Packers are a win Control away. their own destiny. They're, they beat the Lions on Sunday, Sunday right? It's they a, win. They flexed. It's the Sunday night game. It is the last, well, maybe the last regular season game of the year. I think that the way this, yeah, because we still obviously have yeah. the uncertainty Unknown. about whether or not they're going to try to resume the Cincinnati and Buffalo game at any particular point. I think we understand that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC when Jalen Hurts is on the field and playing. But outside of that, what do you really know about the NFC? The second best team in the NFC right now has Brock Purdy at quarterback. Yep, third stringer. Dallas feels like they might be the second best team in the NFC, and they'll probably just lose to Tom Brady in the wild card round. Yeah, Dak's turning the ball over like crazy. Yeah, it's just like, and then who are you left with? The Daniel Jones-led Giants, right? Or or if the Lions were to get whatever, right? It just, the NFC feels like it. You know, I, I agree with you. The NFL is great for the reasons you described. It is always uncertain. It is always this way. But for the next five years, I feel like all the uncertainty is going to lie with the 15, 16 teams. They're all going to be on the other side of the ball because the AFC playoffs feels pretty well damn sure that four of these five are going to be in the playoffs every year, and you're going to have to beat at least two of them to go to the Super Bowl. We're going to see yeah. repeated playoff matchups over and over and over again. It's going to be Burrow Mahomes, Burrow Allen, Burrow Herbert, Burrow Lawrence. It's good. It's like good, yeah, there's a very Allen good, Lawrence. It's going to be this same cycle over and over again. Yeah, there, there's a very good chance. It all, of course, depends on, you know, with these quarterbacks that are coming out of the draft over the next two years. And are those NFC teams at the top or AFC? You know, this year we think the Texans will be the number one pick. If Bryce, let's say Bryce Young's the guy they draft. If he's the and real, he's great, if then he's yeah. the, the great guy, then he's suddenly going to factor into our Jacksonville. It's going to be a lot harder, though. Like for any team that's down right now, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Steelers, because they don't have a quarterback, even though I can't believe Tomlin's going to get to, to maybe another above 500 record, which great, is absurd. It's great. But it's, or your Deshaun Watson Browns. It's so much harder to see the path to get better quickly when everything you have to do still ends with the five names I just said. I know it's the three at the top and yeah. then two more that are subsequent. But it's still, I mean, that's a murderer's row of quarterback play you are trying to overcome. That exact point you're making there is why when we discuss the fun quarterback carousel that's going to take place again this offseason and a lot of questions and people are discussing Tom Brady not going to retire and where is he going to go? This is why I don't know why on earth yet again you would go to the AFC, I find let it alone the too. Las Vegas Raiders. I, I don't get it. You just laid it out, Cody. Well, look at what you're dealing with in the AFC. Why on earth would I mess with that? Why not stay in the NFC if I'm not going to retire? You can say, well, where is he going? There's, you know, I, there's, there's options in that same division that he's in right now, as a matter of fact. They probably will be in better positioning than his Unless Brady team. wants to just go the whole marketing route, which if that's the case, he can go to the Raiders. He can have residency like he's Celine Dion in Las Vegas. He can go be the Jets quarterback. There. Yep. 
Wow, the Jets, yeah. The Jets should be looking at Derek Carr. You know, they're so good on defense that stable quarterback will make them competitive. <laughs> right? Like, they were competitive yeah. this year. Yeah. But that'll give them, like, actual playoff aspirations. You heard Vinny. They have less than 10 passing touchdowns this year and were nearly a playoff team. Yeah, le- yeah, less than 10 from one quarterback. And he said it's been five years since they had a quarterback over 10 passing touchdowns. Five years? <laughs> five years? Yikes. Like, I mean... Patrick Mahomes, he was joking, like, wakes up and throws. Like, Patrick Mahomes gets to 10 passing touchdowns by, like, week three every year. The notion that you don't have a single quarterback who can get to 10 passing touchdowns on their own in five consecutive seasons. I get some of that is because Zach Wilson can't stay healthy or the quarterbacks they've had can't stay healthy, coupled with poor Sam quarterback Sam Darnold never developed Darnold, all of it. And he couldn't stay, you know, like, whatever, right? It's the combination of health and bad quarterback play, but still, it's 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 embarrassing. We'll get to trash of the day here in ten minutes or so. We, we had mentioned uh, a couple minutes back that you know K State big win last night against Texas, huge win. They yeah, absolutely poured it on. One sixteen to what one hundred three was the final score. So it's NBA like. Uh, then you have KU nail biter yet again, as I think a lot of these Big Twelve games are going to be for everybody because the Big Twelve Conference once again is the best conference. All ten teams have a chance to make the and, tournament, right? A chance, I don't yeah. think they will, yeah, but all chance, 10 yeah. teams yes. are tournament caliber teams. Yeah, I think so. That's Last a, night's performance from K-State ridiculous. was a tournament team effort. Yeah, they just beat the number um, six team was, in the country by yeah. by scoring 116 on them. So every every team truly can beat any – I mean, it's always cliche, but like, true. Any, any team can beat anybody in this conference, that's fair to say. K-State gets, K-State gets the win against Texas. KU gets the win down in Lubbock. Missouri's going to have an Take opportunity tonight against Arkansas, a top 15 team in the country. We know what they've done in their last two against Illinois and Kentucky. So it's fun having all three local schools competitive. And you're right, the two coaching hires from this offseason, early returns are very, very good for Mizzou and for Kansas State, the energy around both programs right now. But the NCAA, their transformation committee is recommending expansion of the NCAA tournament. It's another way, I guess, to get more teams in. 25% of teams is what they want which would be 90 teams for March Madness. It has to be fine. You know, has to have final approval here. I don't like this whatsoever. I don't think we need 90 teams. I love the tournament. We all love the tournament. We but all don't love you want one more round of the tournament? Year. No, I don't need more teams. Like we all love the upsets last year. It was uh, St. Peter's, the Peacocks beating two seed Kentucky. One of the best sports update uh, upsets of 2022. Great moments. We loved it. We all sat around uh, at no other pub watching some of these Richmond upsets. Spiders. Yeah, like, it was great. We all love it. We did enjoy that. I Barbara need, and Dana making best live was fun. I don't need 90 teams. I don't need 90 teams in. And if you're saying, well, it gives the little guy more of a chance. No, that's not who the 90 teams are going to expand to. We're just going to end up getting the eighth best team in the Big Ten. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, no, I don't, I don't need 90 teams. Or all 10 teams in the Big 12. I, I, don't, I don't need that. As fun as the NCAA tournament is, there's not 40 teams even that can win the title, Cody. It's hard I don't because need 90 teams in the dance. This is the conversation you and I have had around other sports. Where do you draw the playoff expansion line? Right, we talked right. about this with baseball, right? Yep. And I like what we're at. Um, now I do. But then what if somebody says, you know, let's do eight. Let's get a couple yeah, more in there. Start, start there's right? crossing a line. Like 90 what? is too many. But here's we're the 68. thing. 68. I'm good at 68. Per- percentage wise, based on the number of teams there are, it's not as crazy as it sounds. In Major League Baseball, when they went to seven, they finally got to like a 40% of your league makes the playoff threshold. NFL, similar. NBA, similar, right? About half. Most of these leagues at this point have gotten to the point where about half of their teams, it's a little bit less, between 40 and 55%, make the playoffs. In every sport, soccer, NBA, NHL, whatever. About half the league gets to make the playoffs, and the other half doesn't. In NCAA... 64 is like a sixth. Here's the difference, though, for me. At you least. know, it's a much smaller so, grouping. My only argument against that would be you're right about the, the other leagues and how they do it percentage wise. There is something called a postseason conference basketball tournament before that. That yeah. gives you, unlike other leagues, a chance not just that, you know, in baseball, you win your division, you're in. We know that there's not what, like an AL it, central it, tournament it, that if you it, win it, you get into in yeah. the NCAA tournament or the NCAA basketball at the D1 level for men and women. We all know that. Even if you had a bad regular season, if you win, what, four games in a row, I guess it would be for somebody that wasn't any good at Sprint Center, T-Mobile Center, you're in the dance. There's your, I mean, there's your automatic bid. So the, like, the percentage, you're right, but you have a chance to get that auto bid. In a, you can say it's unlikely. Like if you're in UMKC, you can win the Summit League and you still can. get in. So it's not like, well, you got to expand it because it gives more of an op- You have the opportunity. It's not easy, but you have the opportunity. That's why I don't want to expand like. 
Win your damn conference tournament then if you if you think it's not fair enough the way it's going in the regular season. Win your I'm just saying it's a much lower percentage than any other sport. So I don't yeah. I don't think it's insane. I don't think it's insane to have the conversation. Look, I'd probably just keep it at sixty four, right? Number seems good. It feels it feels right or sixty eight. Sixty eight with the first four. Which the first four people in fairness, people didn't like the first four idea at at, at first. And now we're like, you know what? Okay, why not? Same. Fine. It's just like yeah. feels like some free college basketball games right before it starts. I'll tell you this. This is the same thing as you said about the Major League Baseball playoffs or when they expanded Super Wild Card Weekend. It's like, what, are you not going to watch three NFL playoff games? I'm like, no, obviously, I'm going to watch those. Right. I'm not crazy. If they said, uh, we're actually going to 90, and now the tournament, like, we're going to have a bunch of games on Wednesday, too. Gold, you'd watch them. I'd watch them. You'd yeah. watch them. We'd all bet on them. Like, they'll have an audience. That, to me, is why they'll really consider it. As much as we want to be like, that's too many teams. We'd We're, put them on. We would watch. We'd my, pay attention. We'd care about the upsets, you know, we, whatever. We would watch, though, but it's not happening every year. But the one thing I will say, but even Super super Wild Card Weekend, because of, yes, percentage-wise, wise, it is the same. We have, you know, we, we, we've we seen uh, a Giants team go from being a wild we've card. We've seen the worst team go. You know, and, and win a Super Bowl. Uh, and in the way tournament... The best, we, you know, you've seen a George Mason go on a run, right? Unbelievable yeah. story. And I think they were but isn't it, seed that isn't year, it just? But that's the thing. Isn't it just as likely that the eighth team in the Big Ten gets there as St. Peter's does? Does it dilute the chance of that small town school doing it? Or do you just care that they're an underdog because they were not supposed to be where they are? Let's say K-State is the eighth seed. You know, like they're yeah, the eighth yeah, team yeah. in the Big 12 to get in right. this year. They'd be playing in the first. Well, they'd probably be like a 11th seed, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, now I think they'll have a chance to be better than that, obviously. They're not ranked in the top 25 yet, but Ken Palm ranks If they beat Baylor bit. this weekend, they will be. They, they, <laughs> absolutely, if they, they could lose to Baylor close, and I think that they could be a top a 25 team. Yeah. They just beat the number six team in the country. But, if, you know, it's to me, it's... Yeah, you're right. It's most likely those teams will lose, but we like when the bad teams get through. We all understand we're in the same boat where wow. when it gets to like Elite Eight, Sweet 16, Final Four, we're looking for some of the big dogs. Yes. That's who will be in it when it's the big dogs. Whatever the eighth team in the Big East you're talking about, their run will be to the 32, the round of 16, whatever. You're right, because that's that's where I'm always at. I, we all do love the upsets, and I like them in the opening round, second round, but when we get to the Elite Eight and Final Four, like I, I, I do want to see competitive matchups. I do want to see... The, the quote unquote best of the best at that point in time. You know, St. Peter's they they won or they won two games, didn't they? They, they beat they beat Kentucky and then they think they beat Purdue, was it? Yeah, they beat the second. They got to the too. Sweet Sixteen. Great story, but like, but you're like, lost, I don't like, know okay. that I'm really wanting to see St. Peter's in the Final Four. It just depends because you mm. say that because like Loyola Chicago got to the Final they Four. Did. I don't care when they go that way because that means they're still winning games. The only time you get frustrated they're in it is when they get blown out in like the Elite Eight. You're like, oh, that was fun. And now you're like, okay, now it's time for the real tournament. Do you right? think they actually get? So this is the committee like uh, no. recommended it, final approval. Here's money, the thing. money, money, man. The only reason why I say maybe is they know they're losing money. They know they're losing their grip, and they know that they might only have a handful of years left to profit. The NCAA, as it sits for the NCAA tournament, has a limited shelf life of profitability left, right? Because eventually, all these major conferences are going to be like, we're not going to let you run this tournament for us anymore. Get out. And so maybe the only way that maybe they'll go to more teams. The only way you can give final approval to be if you're the, the NCAA, uh, this final committee is if you know through your conversations with TV partners yeah. for sure that you can make blank million dollars extra, How much millions more? of dollars extra, which they will. Cause that's the only way you do it. Otherwise there is no, I mean, you don't expand unless you think you can make more money off of it. Do you, I know that last They're week, not just doing it out of the kindness of their heart, Cody, to let more teams no, in. No, God, no. And maybe that means UMKC will finally make their first ever NCAA tournament. Although there's never going to be a multi-bid summit league. So doesn't really matter. That's the thing. It's, it's going to put in the eighth team in a yeah. power five. So we're going to be the second team in the summit league. And those odd years that someone gets, actually it's going to put less juice on the conference tournaments because for those odd years that like a powerhouse in the small tournament didn't get it, they might still get a seating if there's 90 teams. But when you like, what's interesting, I guess for this year is do you, do you think all three teams are making the tournament? We know Kansas is. So right. let's just push that aside for a minute. Breaking news sounder for that. One. Kansas is making the yeah. NCAA tournament. Feel pretty solid there. Missouri's ranked in the top 25 right now. And after they got through that Kansas ass beating, proved that they could hang with big programs. So, like, put that one aside for a minute. They can play with the big boys of the NCAA because they've beaten yeah. a big-time college basketball program who was better than them and or who, like, was perceived to be better than them at the time. And K-State now has a marquee win for a team that only has one loss. They're in the same boat as Missouri. It's like no one was taking them seriously because they hadn't played anybody. They then played somebody and beat them. 
So, I mean, at this point, I have to assume all three teams are tournament teams. It is it is a real, real possibility. I said last week with Missouri that after what they had done in that two-game stretch, like, that's the new bar this year. Suddenly, this is the the, the job Dennis Gates has done. That The bar now Drew is... Drew and Dennis Gates kind of raised know, their bar quick, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, like, the, the bar for Missouri for sure is make the tournament. You start just doing the math on, on the wins. They're sitting at 12, 13 wins. You're in a Power 5 conference, Cody, plus you have an SEC tournament. So if you well, get K-State's to, case, if, they're if in the best get, conference in the country, right, right? So if you're Missouri, you, if you get to 20 wins or so, you're, you're getting in the dance with the wins that now you have for Kansas state, they will have every opportunity to, because of the conference that they're in that if you get to X amount, you know, whatever that number you put in, it might be 18 to. or 19. Yeah. Considering the conference. So no, I, I, I won't go as far as Missouri yet to say like, whereas Missouri, I think is making the try. I won't, I won't say definitively yet for K state. Um, but yeah, there, it is real. Like we might finally have all three, Make the dance. It's a little too early for me to fully say K-State. I'm ready to say that about Missouri and obviously KU. Nick, do you regret all those Jerome Tang jokes? What? I didn't make any Jerome Tang jokes. You sure about that? Well, it turns out out that... I said that he won the press conference, which he did. Winning the press conference, also winning games this go-around. That's the most... The second I saw him at the press conference, I knew that he was going to be the real deal. I don't think that that was your vibe. What do you mean? I I said said that he killed the press conference, which he did. I'll say this. What am I missing here? There's so much more. There's so much more. So much more energy with Jerome Tang around that program. Like before, it was like we played hard, even though we only put up 58 points. They just put up 116 on the road against Texas. They're fun to watch. That's the biggest change too. It's not just that Missouri and K State are winning, but even like they score. They're fun. They're fun brand of basketball for both. What took so long? Well, coach. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out that makes a difference. Well, Weber's not the worst coach. No. He just he does what we joke about with Andy Reid. Like Bruce Weber was just worst, grind. He was one of the worst recruiters. He, he was not a good recruiter, and, and he was one of the worst optics coaches of all time. Like he was not good at saying things that helped him out. I just think also in today's like day and age of college basketball, the transfer portal, that knowing his like firm belief of what commitment should be for four years, talking about Bruce Weber, like yeah. that's just not how today's college basketball works. You have to be willing to understand that guys are going to become essentially free agents at the end of and don't be worried when they leave you and go get somebody else who's Correct. coming to you yeah well, i mean he also got a huge transfer and he took a point yeah. guard that was already there and is now looking like one of the best point guards in yeah. the country yeah, and a legit, like 60 like points and like 20 assists in his last two games yeah like really you, good. you lost nigel pack in a transfer everybody was like oh my gosh and nigel pack is still great but yeah to, to your point cody go out and find your guys that go out and, and, and build it how you think it needs to fit and he's doing a hell of a job coaching because based on the overall talent at K-State, I would argue they're overachieving, but that means you've got a great coach. Yeah, overachieving is you a know? good thing. We never feel and bad about that. By the way, that. Nigel Peck is having a much worse year than he did a season yeah. ago. Kind of. I still don't think he's a – I mean, he's still, he's still, if you were to – Yeah, I mean, he was a Big 12 Player of the Year candidate. Yeah, yeah. He's not an ACC Player of the Year candidate at Miami. Yeah, and I don't know what Miami's team is supposed to be this year in general. They're like about Vega and all that. I don't know what they're. They're about as good as Missouri and Kansas State. You know, yeah. they're one of those like fringe top twenty-five teams. All right, let's get to the trash. Trash of the day. Trash of the day. This comes from a, a national survey from YouGov America, where roughly one in three Americans, including nearly half of them being men, are confident they could safely land a passenger airplane in an emergency situation, relying only on the assistance of air traffic control. Just one in five women say the same. So you're telling me men have more unwarranted confidence (laughs) than women do. Shocking. Uh, 32% say they could, Americans say they could land a plane in an emergency situation. This happened six months or so ago. We had a trash of the day where that guy had no pilot experience and he landed a, a private plane. Could you? Have you changed your thought process here? Would you have voted yet? Like, would you have? No, would, I don't. I wouldn't say confidently. Right, so here, I could. Here's the I try. Here's the options. Very confident, somewhat confident, not very confident, not at all confident, and not sure. Not very confident. I'm not so far below that I think I got no chance. I mean, I would have said not at all confident. Come on. I still would have said not at all confident. Because you've never done it before. And it's, we're talking about an aircraft. Now, in that exact situation, if someone walks you through, I don't think it's impossible. Like, I don't think it's just impossible. No training. I do. You I have do. Air traffic control assisting you. Perfectly good airplane. I don't think it's a zero percent chance. Like I don't think it's automatically that you have no chance of getting it. I down. do. We're, you're all dying. Come on, but that one guy did it. Man. One guy. Yeah. That's I'd why say, it was a big I'd, deal. I'd say really the question is here is how are you under pressure? 
There are a 17. Have you ever been in? Have you ever seen the inside of a cockpit? There are there are twenty thousand switches. There are twenty thousand switches back there, and only four of them do anything, Nick. Are you sure it's not the same for the airplane? This is this is no. This did is way com- easier. Did you just compare you our board op like operations? Dude, I bet a the... lot of those buttons don't do anything unless something's really. You bad. know what happens though? You know the difference is, Cody. If I push one of the wrong buttons, we don't all die. <laughs> so here, here, can you imagine? By the way, well, yeah, that so, would be very scary. Based so, on your track record, I don't fire a commercial. Right, <laughs> we just die. Also, Shows over. New house time. The part that I think is important says with air traffic control. So you're right. It's how do you handle the pressure and do you freak yeah, out? Because because they're going to tell you what if, to press. They're gonna, yeah, they're, you're not going to press anything until they tell you what to do. If you can follow directions and handle the stress, I do think you could actually pull okay, it off. Okay, how do you guys feel like you perform under immense pressure? I mean, I would be sweating. We all would be sweating like crazy. Uh, but I medium. It, how well do you do? I guess in following direction too. Can you? If someone tells you, "Hey, there's going to be this lever to the right. It's going to be below this. It's going to say this." Like, how well this are you is able tough to because, do like, that? when I follow directions, like, let's say if you're cooking or baking something, and you're like following a recipe, I go back to the. Re- I like. I have to like follow well, they can, back. You gotta, up. They can repeat. Like, it. I'm gonna how need well them do, to repeat okay, it a lot. Okay. How well do you follow directions? Also, when you're looking at this massive window in front of you and all you yeah. see is clouds and sky. Right. <laughs> right. But a lot, again, a lot of it at first is automated. And to a certain point, it's automated, then it's not. You know, you say that, though, and that, that doesn't provide me a lot of comfort in the moment. You know, if yeah. it's, it's nice oh, to say no, now. This will mostly take care of itself, no, sir. Nobody's going to be confident. Uh, I, I think the 32% are lying to themselves. So my answer is not at all confident. But I don't think, I don't think it's an automatic. You couldn't figure it out. I'll just tell you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I still would rather that versus, hey, you could also just open up the plane door with a parachute and jump out. I'll go ahead and let the air traffic control system try to get me to land this plane. I'm not. You're not going to skydive instead? I'm not skydiving. Um, skydiving. Hell no. If it's just me, like I'm not abandoning everyone else, right? They're like, yeah. hey, guys, I know they said I could try to land the plane, but good luck. I'm going to take this parachute now. One of the of you that answered in the survey very confident I, you I can am, handle it. I'm not jumping out of the plane. I'm not jumping out of a perfectly good aircraft. Let me ask you guys this. If. If if we're all in the same airplane, uh-huh. and then for some, for whatever reason I volunteer, I say, okay, I'm doing it. Doing, you're jumping out. No, no, I'm oh. I'm landing it. Oh, what would I do? Then? Like we need a volunteer. Like anybody yeah. feels confident. How would you guys feel watching me walk up to the cockpit? Not great. <laughs> Not great. I'd Not say great. where would actually, you try? I'd would say, you try and intervene? That? I would say actually, where is that parachute? <laughs> where, where? Would you step up and say no? I'll do it instead. I think I would say let's both go. Like I'd be. If like, you had to you choose somebody both. else on the show, like if I had to choose between you and Alex, I'd choose you. But I still wouldn't feel good about it. I would choose you, Cody, only because of Alex. Like admittedly, not being great. Like He's as saying a handyman. he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And I know There's this isn't the same thing. Well, but it is though. But it is a little but it's bit. Not. In a way, in a it's way, it is. Though, understanding. You know? Have you ever played a flight simulator video game ever in your life? Yes. Yes. Okay, we all have. And now because you okay, can, so we we can all land it then. It's done. Case closed. It's, it's over. Solved. Uh, Let's put it this way. We all would be nervous wrecks, be honest. My concern is like... We would all crash the plane into a side of the mountain. Let's be honest about that. How about that? I don't think so. Anybody got a plane they want to let us take up? Let's find well, out there's for these real. things called flight simulator, like real, like true real flight simulators. You can do this. I've watched Top death. Gun Maverick uh, one and a half times, so Whatever that should help a little bit. Someone brings up a good <laughs> point. With, someone brings up a good point with Nick choosing Cody. They said, "Don't forget, uh, you know, Cody wouldn't hear half the things they're actually saying. He, he wouldn't would be paying he, attention. He, he would. He wouldn't pay <laughs> like attention. <in> that moment, <laughs> he'd be like, he'd say, "What? Hey, go, he'd, he'd say, you know what? He'd say like halfway through, he'd say, should I flip this switch?'" They say, "Sir, you were supposed to flip that six steps ago." <laughs> Someone else also says, "For you being critical, says Nick's also the one who pushes the call button after not hearing them say it's anyone a pilot on board." Oh, because my headphones were on. So you're going to be too busy not. <laughs> That's paying what attention. would happen. I would press the call button, and they would say, "Sir, you're a pilot." I'd say, "Uh, oh, yep. yeah, I Just guess go so." With the flow. It's been a long time. You're like, you're 31. Well, you know. No, again, was younger. We're, and again, we're talking yeah. about like a small, small aircraft. They're not. It's big. Nobody's asking you to land a Boeing seven thirty seven. Well, this is a passenger plane. I don't know that that makes me feel better. Quite honestly, feels like the big ones that have you, more technology to the, make it easier. You think yeah. the big one basically lands itself? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. I think that one does more on its own than the small one. You're telling I mean, me I'm in like a single I, propeller jet. Well, and by the way, what happened to the pilot? What do you mean? <laughs> Why can't he land it? Can we wake him up? Do we have like a defibrillator. Oh. We could just maybe shock I mean, him a little bit. Yeah. Emergencies happen all if the time. I mean, I mean, I need, I need. Do they happen all the time? You know, isn't there supposed to be a second pilot on board? A year. Yeah, once or twice a year. That's why they have two pilots in 
This is why they have two pilots and not just one. This is why there's a co-pilot in there. God forbid there's a medical emergency with one of them. But they both eat like bad fish or something? Isn't that what happens in the movie Airplane? Chapino. Yeah, I think that is actually. <laughs> Up next, we'll get to the Chiefs right half hour. The third most important player right now for the Chiefs. This is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload of football <laughs> tweets. First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's it's go time. Six Ten Sports Radio. Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtis, and welcome into the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold every day at eleven thirty on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs. Six Ten Sports Radio. Chiefs Red Half Hour brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all new Greenway Ford. Again, coming up. In about two hours, you're going to hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. That's at 125 or so today. Uh, they pushed everything back this week, and so we'll have a chance to hear from Andy Reid. We'll get some clarity maybe on McCall Hardman and whether or not he's going to be activated uh, from the IR. That has to happen today in order for him to be able to play, not just in the regular season, but play again, period. Postseason doesn't matter. So obviously a significant move that needs to be made uh, if they believe he's going to be available come playoff time, if not sooner than that. Uh, Cody, when you were gone, uh, Bink had filled in a day or two, and we were having a conversation about the weapons on this offense, the importance. This was probably after, I guess, maybe the Texans game. Okay, uh, Where would this team be without Jarek McKinnon? And we were going through the importance, of course, Mahomes and Kelsey. And then it was like, well, where does Jarek McKinnon stack up in that? And I'll admit, two weeks ago, I said, I still th- don't think I'll put Juju number three. Um, I can't do that now. That would be foolish at this point. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is still extremely important to this football team. But watching what Jarek McKinnon has done, yeah, he is he is the third most important. I'll, I'll, I'll give Bing credit on that. He, he said it a couple weeks ago. This has now been two more weeks of McKinnon. I was skeptical a little bit because we saw McKinnon last year, yeah, late now. in the season, and then in the postseason didn't do anything for the team. But this is not just a three-week sample size anymore. This is six weeks of this. It's he is their most important offensive player absent Mahomes and mm-hmm. Kelsey. He's got eight touchdowns in his last five games. It's wild. He has nine receiving touchdowns. The last guy to do that was Marshall Falk. <laughs> Hall of Famer. In the show, like in the greatest show in turf era, right? Oh, sorry, he's one shy of that. But it's just like it, the when you consider where he is or what he's become to this offense. This is because they had to semi-reinvent themselves a little bit when they were still working through the run game stuff. The second it became the Pacheco and McKinnon show, McKinnon show was big. Because the other part of it, when we're talking about the most important offensive players, the part of this that we can understand is, we know what he does in the passing game, we know what he does in the pass blocking game, and he is obviously going to be part of their plan for this. The reason why this is working is because Teams have decided they'll give Kansas City everything short. The real question is, at what point is some team going to decide to shut this down? Because as much as it was the plan, and I get it, right? You're like, oh, we've seen the Chiefs beat us with 40-yard bombs down the field every day, and it's a nightmare, and we can't win that way, so we're going to just make them check down all the time. Okay, bad news, they're beating you that way now. McKinnon is destroying opposing defenses. He is scoring touchdowns at will. So in the red zone, if your plan had been, we'll give them everything in the flat and we're going to stand back and we're going to guard all these receivers and we're going to guard Travis Kelsey and we're going to do these things, that is not a viable plan yeah, it's anymore. Still, it's that's, still the route that people are going to take, though, I think. You know, I, I still you think still think it's the lesser of two evils right now? I still now? think, if, also, you're talking about red zone, but even just moving down the field, pe- opponents are still going to try to key in on Travis Kelsey more so than they are, of course, on Jarek McKinnon. And because of how talented this offensive staff is when it comes to play design and scheming guys open that it is. We've always talked about like picking your poison. Typically that was a conversation around Tyree kill and Kelsey, but in a way there, there's plenty, there's plenty of it to go around. Would you now. rather just like, like that's the thing we're talking about importance is that 
I might. I, I think if I were a defense, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to leave Juju by himself. I'm going to I'm going to put one guy in him, and I'm just going to see what happens. No safety over the top. No extra protection. You're just going to have to guard Juju Smith-Schuster because I got to focus on this guy down here. Between that, I don't and know the if how often are they putting a safety over the top of Juju anyway? Right? Not now. very I don't often. Think that's probably. really happening. The Kelsey is who attracts all the attention, and you can't ignore him. Okay, that would be a very bad strategy. <laughs> but I think a lot of this, the Jared McKinnon stuff, all to me comes from the basis that is. This is what they were designing themselves to beat, and now they're beating it. But it seems like we thought it was going to all come via wide receiver. And instead, Jarek McKinnon has taken his game to a whole different level. Like right now, even, it gets weird. Because like if this offseason, I said, all right, one-year deal again. You want more, one more year yeah. McKinnon or Juju? And you're like, I'm, I'm kind of close to saying McKinnon. Like, it seems like wide receiver is supposed is- to be the answer. And I don't think it's going to come down to that. I'm just saying, like, yeah. running backs are cheap. McKinnon will be cheap. Even with the year he's having, he won't be expensive. It's going to be a 500-yard running back, a 400-yard receiver, and a 10-touchdown guy. Those right. guys are available. You can pay them. They're not going to yeah. cost you a ton of money. But still, it's weird. that like It's not weird. It's actually great for Kansas City what McKinnon's turned into. Oh, he's been sensational. But, yes, fortunately, it's not going to come down to McKinnon or Juju Smith-Schuster financially because you said it there. <laughs> yeah, the McKinnon contract on a one-year deal still will be pretty minuscule. Uh, and Juju's contract is a different whatever. story, and, and we'll see how everything continues to to play out there. Um, what we've seen from McKinnon was the night that Clyde Edwards Alaire was drafted and their own general manager, Brett Veach made the Brian Westbrook comparison. That's what we're saying. A guy that can pass protect. He's always been able to do that. And now we're seeing the explosiveness to get open on screenplays. Let's give a credit also to the offensive line, of course, but we're seeing a guy that just can't miss the end zone now. This is the the problem here is this is really enlightening to Clyde because then it means well, it, it was never the gonna... offense, right? It was never it was never some other design or use. That wasn't the Clyde problem. It's that he wasn't good enough. Yeah, and this is why in, unless Pacheco or McKinnon were to get hurt, Clyde's not playing again this season. Uh, I still no reason to come this off season, but yeah. yeah, that'll be an off season conversation. I still think he's back. Nate and I were talking. About, I, I still think he's back. Uh, just just because. He's going to be on his final year of his rookie deal. Obviously, they're not picking up the fifth-year option. We all know that. Yeah, so I, think, to say. I think he's bad because you still need to have three or four running backs on the roster. We know Andy likes to have that depth, and you're going to look at who's under contract next year. Right now, the only running back under contract is Pacheco and Clyde. That's the only reason why. But I'm sure that'll come up plenty of times in the offseason. But Jerry McKenna, it's been great. Good for him. I mean, he's he's also not some 26-year-old. I mean, he's he looks so healthy and fresh. Because he was never healthy when he was young. plus years old. Yeah, he's got, you know, there's not as much... Uh, I think wear and tear on, on his body from that perspective and knock on wood, he's stayed healthy and, and we're seeing it become a, a huge, huge piece of this offense. It's another reason why they're able to be the number one offense, despite having Juju be hurt for a couple games. McCall Harbin hasn't played in a while. Tony came in mid season and then he got hurt a little bit. How about like, that though? Gold, like if McCall comes back, mm-hmm. how much does that impact McKinnon's usage in the passing? game? I would hope that it wouldn't. Mostly because, because they're doing a lot of the same stuff yeah. near the goal line. Like all, the line of, of all, all of McKinnon's production is coming in the red zone. So, and that's where McColl's was. McColl had four touchdowns. All of them came in the ten, inside Hold the 10-yard line. So, McKinnon's got 512 yards receiving. What's McColl Hardman's best year? I don't know. Slightly better than that? That's what I'm saying. That's what I wonder, though. If McColl comes back, I'm assuming he's going to eat into that production pretty substantially. Yeah, this is, by the way, it's like it's not a – It doesn't have yeah. to be an either-or. I mean, this is – if you're a defense, these, this is the problem and challenge that you have to face. It's like, uh, what happened McKinnon and McCarman are both on the field at the same time? What's to say? Like, Andy, you know Andy Reid will have some creative wrinkle up his sleeve. I think I would start playing a lot closer to line of scrimmage against the Chiefs. I dare him deep. They haven't been nearly as good at that this year as other years, probably because they haven't been throwing it as much. I think I would dare Kansas City to go deep on me. I Like you're saying, I don't think teams are going to change what they were doing. But the second McCormick's back with you Jarek McKinnon, with that, I think I would be daring them to go deep. And I, that might burn me, too. Yeah, it very this well is the might. number one offense for a reason. I, I, think, I think teams will still approach it the way they are right now because what we've discussed for quite a few months now, and even a little bit last year, which was the idea that, Cody, if you make him go X amount of plays, a mistake will happen. And this year, by the way, uh, some of those turnovers have been on long drives. So I think that'll still be the MO for a lot of teams and how they'll approach it. Doesn't mean that you can't lose your ass doing that. Of course, we've seen it. 
Um, but I think some teams will still say, hey, we're going to hope on a 10-play drive. Mahomes or someone's going to make a pick or interception. Still bank on the uh, turnover Or a fumble, part. I should say. Or versus, hey, three-play drive and a 65-yard touchdown to MVS, you know. But, but they haven't consistently seen, proven haven't that at all. Yeah, no. They, yeah. So they have more 20 plus yard plays than anyone, Correct. but it's because they <laughs> throw the ball eight yards and it goes for 20. Well, it's the stat Not because they're throwing it 20. It's the yak yardage. It's, stat. Yeah, yeah. It's the run after the catch yards after the catch. Nick was highlighting though. That's exactly what it is. It's scheming guys open and trust that they can make some plays after, by the way, with, with the McCall Hardman. So the deadline for him is today. You mentioned that the way that this works, they're going to activate him, right? I, I think so. Pete Sweeney was out there and said they saw him in the very short, what, 10-minute media window that they have. So, yeah, it, it feels that way. I mean, th- the decision right? has to come today, though. It's pretty simple. If you don't activate him from IR today, he's done for the year. doesn't matter. So they're, they're just asking themselves, even if he's not available, Cody, this weekend, is he available come wild card weekend, divisional round weekend? That's what they're asking. It's not whether or not he's available this weekend. Even it if is. he's available by the AFC title game, shouldn't you put him on the roster and play a man short for a couple of weeks? Depending on their yeah, depending on how how crunched they are on their roster. But I, I how is he not getting uh, activated if he was at to me at practice yesterday and given his role? You know, if he wasn't at practice yesterday, it's a different conversation. So I, I if you're asking me what do I think happens, yeah, I believe he'll be activated later on this afternoon. I think so too. I still think I know that the it's changed a little bit because we've seen McKinnon's emergence. I still think he's important for the let's be perfect on offense portion of the Chiefs to avoid those things you're talking about in turnovers and to do this. I mean, because when you start stacking them up, that's to me when they become impossible to stop. When it's all of them together, all is one. You know, it's the uh, the Transformers problem or the Power Rangers, right? When they all combine to be the super robot, it doesn't matter. That's the thing that works better. When they are together, that's what makes them the unstoppable offense. When you have to ask yourself, okay, how do we guard Kelsey and Juju and MVS and McColl and Jarek McKinnon all at the, and Justin Watson and Kadarius Toney all at the same time? And I understand those guys aren't on the field at the same time and it's different packages and the things that come with it, but that's a lot of different people to try to sort out. And I think that having all of them is what makes you more confusing. It's what made you more dangerous at different portions of the season. I do still think having McCall Hardman back matters. I don't know if it's the difference between do I think if they don't activate him, they're not going to the Super Bowl? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think your percentage chance goes up by a couple of ticks if McCall Hardman's active. I think there's a, a ramification for his future in Kansas City. Now we both. You think it's easier to sign him if he doesn't play the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, I already think it's been impacted. You know, he I, did I, not have the big free agent year. I though. think either way, it's been impacted. Yeah, if, if certainly if he weren't to be activated, which we we both believe he will be, but if if he weren't to be activated, then it really does. But I would argue already because his stats are going to be suppressed because of not being available this year due to an injury that we still have never found out really what the hell it was. No, nope, right? still being super weird about Abdominal that. Abdominal no illness, idea. injury, whatever it is uh, for for him, and maybe one day we'll get the answer on that. I don't know. I think that makes it more likely because of the finances around it. Now, McCall Harmon's going to have to make a decision. Does he think being the number four option in this offense or number three option in this offense next year, uh, give him with Patrick Mahomes, give him a better chance to go on another one-year deal and make money? Or do you go somewhere somewhere else else for a three-year deal, not nearely as good of a quarterback in situation, but you get a cash in? Or maybe take a one-year deal with somebody else because Kansas City, it's crowded, man. It is crowded going forward. They got a couple years left on Tony. We know the guys who are going to be back in the whatever, right? It's crowded. This is a hard offense to be like, hey, come here for one year and prove yourself. Like, uh. I mean, Juju did that, right? I mean, yeah, but he's a number one. McCole, I mean, McCole might think he is, but to this point, he hasn't. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster when he came here had a fourteen hundred yard season under his belt. He's a nine hundred yard receiver and he's missed two and a half games. He would have for sure been a thousand yard guy. McCole Hardman's never gotten over seven hundred in any season. And he was having, you know, he's having a good start to look his what, year before the injury, no doubt. But look what MVS got. You know, he MVS was, I understand it's not fully guaranteed by any means, but he got three for three for 30, right? Three yeah. ish, something like that. And we know I still they, think someone to pay they can get this offseason, don't you? Well, that's what I'm saying. Based on the production, even around that 600 to 700 yard mark, that's what MVS was looking at. So why couldn't McColl get a deal like that? But that'll be, that'll be an interesting offseason question as well. I, I do think the fact that the numbers are suppressed a little bit because of the availability of McColl that it it's more likely today than I, I would have thought if you told me October 1st that McColl was back. I think we all assumed he for sure wasn't going to be. No. Yeah. It's, it's always the, once you get close enough to it, it's like, eh, maybe they'll come back for a year. 
Because we've seen that a lot with Kansas City. They're willing to just bring someone back, like Frank Clark, right? Hey, come back one more time. Hey, come on, it's fine. Right. Just, just one more time. Now it's the same thing. It's like Frank Clark and Dunlap are going to be gone. They're going to be right back in the draft drafting guys. But at least now I feel good because Karloftis has been very, yeah. very, very good. Six straight, are we up to six straight games now? Four five. of the last five, he's got a sack. Yeah, I don't know if it was up to five out of the last six now. So it's insane what he's been able to do here in the back half of the season. We know today also from Andy Reid will hopefully get some word on the injury for Legereus Sneed, who was not at practice yesterday. Uh, and he has been... That's where the bye could become very important. The last two weeks is active as anybody on, on defense. We know Spags is aggressive and he's going to utilize everybody in different spots. We know Snead early this season had the quick three and a half sacks first month and a half or so of the season. And they're playing him in the nickel a lot. And they continue to do that. But then he, on that pick that he had on the return, he ended up getting hit pretty hard. And now it turns out the hip, Ian Rappaport calling it a hip pointer. I love the way they have finally decided Legereus Snead can be used the way other teams use number one corners. It's not a full shadow, but they're sticking him on the most dangerous receiver in certain routes way more frequently, right? Like, we talk about moving around, but they're just like, you know what? Um, they're down to options, so you guard DK Metcalf. Like, maybe not every snap, but most of the time, you're on that guy. Because we're going to have to trust that you can do it. And especially because so many of their other corners are undersized, right? Their next best corner is Trent McDuffie. He's undersized. You don't necessarily want him accidentally getting lined up against the six foot four guy. You know, too many snaps. Not that he's been very good, obviously, but you're, you're trying to create an advantage. And over the last two, three weeks, they've shown a willingness to change a little bit the way they use Legere's knee. Now, I am a little frustrated he got hurt on that play because it certainly felt like he could have. Like, it's tough because you're like, you want people to want to try to score a touchdown and to go. But it felt like there was a moment to go down before you get injured before the end of the season. And maybe Kansas City's luck of near perfect health was coming to an end. There at the at the end of that game when everybody Kelsey's limping off the field sure. and Legereus needs missing practice and Tooney missed portion of the game. But I really think that there's an advantage in using Sneed that way. And I think the biggest advantage is it protects Watson and Williams and McDuffie. You have three rookie corners you really rely on in this defense. And using Legereus Sneed to do the most important thing on any given play takes a lot of pressure off of those three. He is part of the pressure package, if you will, right? I mean, when we, we've always discussed the, with every team in football, hey, the front four have to get pressure. It takes every, it takes the pressure off the secondary. Yeah. Well, this is we know at times he does that. At times, they haven't always been able to get pressure with the front four, and so that involves blitzing. That's okay this year. This year's been much better. Uh, that's a credit to not only Chris Jones, but they've had. You mentioned Carlos Dunlap, and New this team is coach. also this team is also batting down more balls than any other team in football. That is a huge, huge plus. And how do you alleviate that even when you're not getting home? How many times have we seen each game where Dunlap or now Carl Loftus is starting to do it a little more? Yeah. Heck, even Colin Saunders is, I mean, he just had a He's sack. had a nice year. but he, He's going to get paid somewhere else, I think, in the offseason. I think so, too. For a third-round pick who slowly developed, he's a nice NFL player. I think he'll, he'll get have a nice a little deal somewhere else in the offseason. I don't think it'll be in Kansas City, but I think he'll get a nice little deal somewhere else. Um, but yeah, they're they're using Snead and blitz packages, and that's something they did early on in the season. I don't think it's completely new development because he had three and a half sacks in in the first month and a half or so of this 2022 season. But yeah, definitely need him need him healthy, no question. This is why uh, this weekend against the Raiders, a team that's going to have a, a backup quarterback. If you can, you would like to. He looked pretty good last week, didn't he? Stood him against the best defense in football. Against the 49ers. That was weird. Is why I like that they're only weird, two. Man. There are only two quarterbacks with three passing touchdowns against the 49ers this year. One's Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. They scored 40 against some of the others. Jared Stidham. You just wonder, is it lack of film? Like, how much is that? Lack of film. Now you got another week of film on Stidham. Did the Raiders do something differently? One of those games. It could just this be is the, the balance of bizarre. This is the balance of when we, when we understandably so are frustrated when the Chiefs win close games and don't blow anybody out and all this. Look what happened to the 49ers, who were the hottest team and are still, like, the hottest team in football. They had to go to overtime against the Las Vegas Raiders. So it... It happens to everybody, man. You don't go through a full 17-game schedule and blow everybody out. It just does not happen. This isn't college football. In the NFL, it's like anytime I think, boy, the Chiefs play too many close games. And then I look at the overall season-long point differential, I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> they play the same number of close games every team plays in the NFL in any given year. Unless you're a truly dominant, once-in-a-generational team, 
This is about the number of close games you play. It's just they're graded on a different scale because that's the expectation that they've created for themselves. It's a a great great spot to be in. But when you have had two Super Bowl trips in the last three years and you've won a ring and you have the best quarterback in football and you have the best tight end and a future Hall of Famer, like these are these are the expectations. Even in a year where this was kind of that reload, re, you know, reload, take a half step back, they're in the same spot, though, as they have been. And they've got a chance to go win another Super Bowl. But we all know some of the issues that we've seen, probably not good enough to win a Super Bowl. That's where the frustration comes in. You're not just happy to be a 13 or 14 win team. That's the difference. I mean, just to, it's spoiled for sure. No doubt it's spoiled. You know, Cincinnati's thrilled just to be a division winner last year. They made the Super Bowl last year. They lost Jags fans will if, be thrilled if, if they make the postseason, win the division. If Cincinnati gets bounced in the first round of the playoffs this year, uh, fans Cincinnati fans are going to be really pissed off. It's good to be spoiled. It's good to be, you know, expectation. It turns out is kind of nice. Sometimes the chiefs have set their bar so high now that it is just <laughs> every year. It's. I thought I was when willing. Patrick Mahomes. It, I know he had this coming like a month ago, but it was just like I was so willing this year to give them like the half pass, where if they had fallen short in like a divisional round or an AFC title game, I'd have kind of got it. It was the half step forward to to power through the rest of their big plans. Right, had to let it go of Tyreek Hill to be great going forward, to keep a dynasty alive, to be good for ten years, great for ten years, not just this one. And then instead, they're tied for the best record in in the entire NFL. They are currently in line to be the number one seed in the NFL, and you're like, okay, no, sorry, you got to win the Super Bowl. Or well, it's because the offense is better. You know, there's the the offense is better than it was a year ago. That's what's crazy. That's why we're talking about this team being in the spot they still are. Yeah, there's been some signs and reason to promise defensively, uh, but it's because this offense is better than a year ago without Tyreek Hill, and that's not something even the most optimistic. And Pat Holmes isn't an MVP year. Chiefs fan thought, you know, yeah, and, and he's, he's of course, and I think he's going to win MVP as we all do. He's a heavy favorite now. Minus 850. <laughs> Minus 850 to win MVP. The lack of game against Allen Burrow swung that. He, 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 well, so it was minus 850 before kickoff even. Oh, yeah. um, but there was a chance if Burrow and Buffalo would have played the full game out, and let's say Burrow would have had four touchdowns, you would have seen some narrowing in the betting market. But I still think before that game, Mahomes was, and I don't think anything's changing. To be the uh, to be the MVP. All right, coming up next, we will get to watch training. We'll get you caught up on everything going on, including injury status for a couple of Chiefs players, and we get back into what is the real decision that has to happen for the NFL. Of course, health the most important thing for Demar Hamlin, but the NFL has to make a decision on how this is going to go come playoff time. We get to that next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete for asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance. Gan Asphalt and Concrete, one contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 